good to be here today. I love the Lord. Amen. You love the Lord today? You love the Lord tomorrow? You love the Lord for the rest of your life? Amen. Church lingo. We always say things like that. You love the Lord today? Yeah, I actually loved him yesterday too. You know, uh, I've been involved with sports for many years, and it's just funny to me some of the things that are said on the baseball field, and uh, I just I catch myself sometimes saying the same thing in church, and sometimes we say things we don't even realize what we're saying. We just say the same things that we've always said, but I want to make sure that I mean it. I want to make sure that I mean it, and it's not just lip service. And it's just not me just repeating and regurgitating the same old praise and worship. Today, we're going to speak to you today about some authentic praise. Our praise needs to be authentic. So if you would, let's bow our heads with, bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name today. We give you honor and glory for all that you have done. It is all glory to you, God. Open up our hearts and our souls, our minds. Help us to receive your word. Lord, I pray that it would prick my heart, prick, prick everyone's heart here today. Let conviction fall in this place. Stir us, Lord. Stir our spirit, God, that we may be stirred so that we would stir others. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If it's your first time here at Covenant Church, we welcome you to meet uh, us over here in this little side room over here immediately after church. We would just like to just get to know you just a little bit better. Plus, today there was a, uh, a little reception, and you're going to get to be the benefit of something that's not normally there, which is a lot of good food that's still in there. So uh, anybody that wants to pretend like you're a first-time member today and go in there and get you a little tiny cinnamon roll or a little brownie or some fruit or something like that, we'll allow it. It's okay. We'll just pretend like you're in there greeting the visitors or the, the first-time guests. Even if it's not your first time, you've been here a long time, just come in here and uh, make yourself to be friendly, and I promise you, you're going to get it back more than you even give it out. So if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're going to read verses 12 through 14. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might. With all his might. Might. What does it look like when you do something with all your might? And he didn't have to wait a long time before he decided to say, Lord, you are king. You are Lord of my life. He didn't wait a long time. It says after they had taken six steps. So many of us, we come to church and we say, well, maybe this Sunday. We're more along the line of six months six weeks and then we're maybe we make a move to God maybe we do maybe we don't but David said he has done so much for me and I praise him with all my heart and we're going to walk down this road and just letting y'all know today as I walk down this road sometime as on this walk I'm going to open up and I'm going to praise God with all my might and they maybe thought well Maybe it'll be around the next bend, or maybe we're going to go about a mile or two. No. 
They're still getting their stuff together. Six steps in, and David busts out and says, It's time to worship right now. Right now. We haven't taken but six steps. Can we at least get 100 yards down the road? And he said, I don't need another step. I don't need another moment to think about it. I am worshiping God. I'm praising God right now with all of my might. This was after the, the ark we just read about it had been in Obed-Edom's house for three months. It was in his house, and it was kept there in his home. And I will tell you what, when the ark was in that home, the Bible says that that home was blessed, and all of the family there in that home, that family was blessed. I want to be where the Spirit of God is. I want to be where it's poured out, where it's coming out. Lord, put me under the spout. Where the glory comes out. (laughs) Finish it for me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There is deliverance. There is more than you could ever contain. And He's got more for you. He's got more for you. But you've got to be where the Spirit of the Lord is. And I'll tell you where the Spirit of the Lord is. He inhabits the praises of His people. When I praise God... I totally believe that it's going to come back to me how I put it out. Worship you, Lord. You're a pretty good guy. I just want to say right now to the big man upstairs, not even call his name. Don't even say, you are Lord. You are, you are Lord God Almighty. I praise the name of Jesus. No, some people shorten it all up and say, well, I appreciate the big man upstairs. The, the, big, the big man... Thank you for going out of your way to give me honor and all the honor and glory that I need. Talking about God speaking to them. What are we putting up? Because I'm telling you what, what you put up gets poured out. David knew the power of God and he knew how powerful it was. He knew what it meant to worship the one true God. And he also knew what it meant to to maybe put it in in a sense where there wasn't as much respect and honor and, and carefulness of the Spirit. But see, there was a time when they were carrying the ark. And this had just happened previously, if you read uh, earlier in the chapter, where a man named Uzzah, they were carrying the ark, and they knew that they were not supposed to touch it. And even though he went to try to stabilize the ark and hold the ark, he touched it, and God struck him dead. There has got to be a holy reverence for the Spirit of God. There's got to be a holy reverence and a holy fear of God because we've got to know that God can bless and He can curse. And we have to know that that is true. Well, He's a loving God. He loves me. He loves me in my sin. He loves me when I mess up. He loves me when I'm going to mess up and I plan on messing up. He just loves me, loves me, loves me. I'm telling you right now today, God loves you with all his heart. He loves you. He wants to see you do better. But He will not support you in your lifestyle of sin. He will not. He is going to make us know in that lifestyle of sin that we are making some wrong choices. Promise me. I, know, I promise you. I know from experience. And you've heard me say this before. Seen me do it. And pain will be on your life. Destruction, curses, 
And, and things that will happen in your life and you say, I don't even know what's going on. Why is this happening? This doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. You got out of the alignment with God. You're out of His plan. You're not in, under the spout where the glory's coming out. The, the glory's being poured out like a flood on somebody right next to you. And you're not getting one drop on you. You're not even getting a little splash sprinkle. So... You want to be right under where God is pouring out His glory, where His glory is being poured out. You see, God knows when what you're offering up is authentic or not. It's got to be authentic. We have got to be authentic. What does it mean to be authentic? I need to, you need to feel it. When I, when I look at my wife and I say, I love you. I love you with all my heart. And she sees it in my eyes. And she hears the quiver in my voice. And she says, I believe it. There's got to be that moment for every man, woman, boy, girl. It's got to be for all of us. We've got to be so authentic in our worship, in our praise. And I'm telling you, it's worth it. It is so worth it to give God everything that you have. Everything that you've got. And you say, Lord, I give it to you. I need you. God, I love you with all of my heart, Lord. I can't make it in this world alone. I can't do it on my own. I've got to have you, God. I've got to have more of you, God. Because there is the other option where we just cruising down the road listening to our country music or our rock music and we just haphazardly throw, oh, I forgot, i got to pray today. I'm supposed to pray today. I told God I'd pray today. Lord, bless me today. Bless everything that I do. Bless my family. Bless, 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 bless me. Haven't blessed God and thanked Him for one thing yet. But we, Lord, just bless me while I'm popping in ACDC. Lord, just bless me. Bless me while I got the old country wong, tong, wangy, changy, whatever. I mean, honky, I'm honky-tonking and praying at the same time. Is it authentic? Because let me tell you, when you're speaking to someone, if I had somebody up here, uh, let's just say I'm trying to carry on a conversation with my brother, my good buddy here, Tim Cotton, and I'm trying to carry on a conversation with him, and the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm like, I know, man, I know. And then, yep, 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 I know, yep. And uh, yeah, you done yet, Tim? You done? We get sidetracked. We let things take up our time. We listen to too much. We look at too much. We're on this thing 24-7, and I know I come back to this a lot. It's not in my notes, but I'm just telling you, it's, it's, a, it's a real deal here. We just, my wife just bought a, a book and we've got it on Audible and um, I think she ordered the paper copy, Ma Manhood, what is it? Manhood. And it's a, it's a great book that she's already started listening to and I listened to just a couple of chapters and it talked about how in today's world we are de dealing with so much technology and I forget the ages, I'm going to guess it was like 25 to 31, 25 to 35, somewhere there. Young men nowadays are spending seven to eight hours in what they call leisure time. I have another term for it. It's not leisure time. It's flat out lazy time. 
lazy time. And we've got men that should be out working, making money, and providing for their... Oh, now I'm getting some amens. It was, it was pretty quiet for the first five minutes. Now listen, ladies, you don't get a pass on this either. You know, back in the old, back in the old days, it was, it was all my children, days of our lives. See, this is, not, this is no new trick. This is not a trick that the enemy's like, man, I have tried everything in the world. What can, I, what can I do? Let me see. What can I do to get their attention away from the one that's going to save them, the one that's going to raise them up and set them on a new path and break them and, and change them and rearrange them? What can I do? What can I do? Well, he used to do it a long time ago with, with soap operas. Now listen, I'll be honest. Y'all going to laugh at me. When I was a young man, 18, 19 years old, going to TJC, trying to enter into a career that somebody just said, just do that, it's job security. You can be an x-ray tech. Thank God it didn't work out. I hate working inside. I hate fluorescent lights. And that job would have been in the middle of the hospital, fluorescent lights, and you get a 15-minute break and maybe a little lunch break to get some sunshine. I'd been in a prison. But I used to go to TJC, Tyler Junior College, and I would come home from those classes that I hated. I should have just quit the first day. There's a story with the first, my first day of clinicals. Bad, bad situation. I picked up a man in a wheelchair, and they told me to go get this man, bring him down for an x-ray, and I pick him up, and I get him in the chair. I didn't know I'm supposed to tell these men to sit with their legs together, and uh, hospital gowns and all that. We're just going down the hall, and I've got, I've got the female nurses, and everybody else are going, ah, what are you doing? I'm like, I didn't read that in a book. He's a grown man. Do what he wants to do. Before that even happened, I didn't know about certain bags that are on the side of the bed. And um, ver not kidding, very first day, there is a bag that, you know, collects uh, uh, a liquid. And I'm, I'm trying to be gross in front of everybody. But we know what that is. And I, I'm, I can't, I don't, no one's taught me how to operate the hospital bed and the railing. And I'm over there going, tick, 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 looking for buttons. And I got to get this man down there for a chest x-ray. And I mess around, and I go like that right there, and that bag breaks, and all that, that, that goes on my shoe. On my shoe. You know, let's don't get past the fact that sometimes God is trying to put a roadblock in front of you. He's trying to, he's got stop signs going off and blinking like, Lord, give me a sign. Lord, give me a sign. Is God going to joke with us one day when we get to heaven and say, there's your sign. Remember years ago, you, you and your wife, there's your sign. Remember that time with your kids and your work, there's your sign. I, I had lots of signs. Yeah, that was all over my shoe. I had to walk around with that shoe like that, right there all day. Just Should have quit. Should have just walked out. But I wasn't a quitter. I wasn't, I wasn't going to quit. I muscled my way through it and failed and flunked out when I met my wife. Praise God. My love for her went up and my grades went down. Flunked out, crying, upset, disappointed my parents. And the whole time, as I was being upset and crying, I was really upset. I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm going to do this. What am I going to do? I have no job. I don't know. We want to get married. And I, and I didn't know what to do. And, 
and, and so upset. And the times that I was so upset, if I could have just seen the plan of God, if I could have just known what God had in store for me, then I wouldn't have been so upset because I would have been able to see, oh, but I was praying, God, I put my life in your hands. Just do with me what you will. It's all in your hands. It's hard to do. I know it's hard to do, but you put your life in God's hands and let him lead and guide you through the pain through the struggles, through the tears, through the joy. You're going to have joy, but you're also going to have sorrow. And you have to know that as you pray and say, God, lead me, Lord, lead me, Lord, lead me. He is leading and guiding your footsteps. The path of a righteous man or woman is ordered by the Lord. It's ordered by the Lord. He leads and guides those that, that follow after him. All the more reason to be authentic in our worship and our praise so that we be right there where God is pouring out His, His anointing and His direction. I don't know why I got on that story, but I'll tell you what. It's important that you know God's direction for your life. He wants it to be authentic. He wants your true praise and nothing artificial. This world is becoming artificial very, very quickly and rapidly. Very rapidly, the world is becoming artificial. We've got AI. How many of here, you'll raise your hand, you say, I don't know what you're talking about when you talk about AI. You say, I don't know, what's AI? Anybody want to say, what's AI? Artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. Artificial means fake. Something made by a human being. Now, believe it or not, there. So we're gonna. I'm gonna play you a video here in a second. But there is a thing now where there is a robotic, computerized female voice, and they, the technology is so unbelievable now that you can speak to this woman. She answers you back, and you begin to, that computer, begin not just a program like, if, if that, every time it answers, I say this. No, this computer learns that person, that man or woman, nowadays you don't know, and, and begins to build a relationship and remembers things like, so how was your day, how was your day at work? How are things at the office? So what happened with that last uh, business merger? How's things going? You know how you mentioned the other day you wanted to go to Lake Tahoe? We should go there sometime. And you're talking to a robot. You're talking to nothing. But it, nothing become, be, becomes something. And believe it or not, I heard this on the radio the other day. There is a waiting list of thousands and thousands long to enter in and be a part with this computer woman who is basically cheating with 70,000 men possibly because she's talk the the technology is so amazing she talks to all of them and so you're dealing with young men who have grown up in the basement playing video games they're not working i think that's how i got on that story about my first job and working or whatever, but it was different when I, when I was growing up at that age. I, I wanted to get out. I wanted to make some money. I wanted to work. I wanted to do something with my life. And so now we're dealing with this artificial intelligence and everything is virtual. 
I mean, if a child wants to, he can put... So we have uh, one of our young men that goes to church here. I saw it the other day. You can put on a headset and live in a virtual world where everything around you is horrible, but when you put on this scope in front of you, you can just look, oh, it's so beautiful. And I just want to stay here. I just want to stay here. But we don't realize what this is doing to our children. We are making it to where they don't want to work. They don't want to get, let go of these things. It is a strong temptation. It's pulling on our children. And it's pulling us away from the things that matter. The main thing being the main thing. Knowing how to read. Knowing how to analyze and break scripture down. If you're not even reading scripture, read a book and learning how to analyze this and break this down. And how, God, what are you trying to say to me? What do I need to hear? Because if we just leave it to the prince of the air, he's going to feed us exactly what we want to hear and what we, what we desire and what our flesh desires. You don't know it, but as you scroll and you scroll and scroll and you stop. That computer analyzes things about that video like, well, it was a video about machine guns. It was a video about four-wheelers. It was something about, it was, it learns, oh, this is, this is a man. This is a, this is a man in the East Texas area. This is a man who loves to hunt. This is a man, oh, he, he scrolled, he stopped. He scrolled, he stopped, and it's learning, 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 learning you. Then it's going to throw something else out there. Let's see if he bites on this. Oh, he bit on that. Okay, I learned him a little bit more. This thing will learn you and know you. And it won't be like your grandmother used to say, where she said, I'm going to learn you. I'm going to learn you. That, when your grandmother, a long time ago, some of y'all just said, what in the world? That doesn't make sense. I don't, that, that's wrong verbiage, everything. Let me just explain what that meant, East Texas. So when you're messing up and you're running around with your, with your brother and you're, and you're fussing and fighting and you're running through the trailer house too fast and you're putting holes in the wall, she said, I'm fixing to learn you. That's a belt. You fix and get a switch. AI, or artificial intelligence, is, is accelerating in a, uh, in an alarming rate. There's a thing called Chat uh, G, GPT. I always want to say G, B, GPT. Chat G, GPT is in a, a program where you can speak into a program and say, "Write me an essay with this on this topic." The computer system is learning how to do what you tell it to do, do it better than you, do it faster than you, and don't you know that the enemy is going to use this for evil? Knowledge is about to increase exponentially. So when I was doing the research on this sermon and artificial intelligence and being authentic, let me tell you, the ones who have invented chat GPT and some of the AI and artificial intelligence they invented it the cat's out of the bag and they're scared they literally are scared and worried about it they said it's going to be more influential it's going to change things faster and stronger and more than electricity and fire they said it's going to be more of a game changer than electricity and fire don't you know that fire was a game changer electricity Running water. These are things that changed our civilization. This is about to change our civilization. So be ready. Be wary. Be on fire for God. Praise Him. Worship Him. Be close to Him. 
because we don't know what's coming around the corner. I want to just play you. It's a 56-second video real quick. This is Elon Musk. Chat GPT, I think, has illustrated to people just how advanced AI has become. And there are much more advanced versions for that that are coming out. I think the danger of AI is much greater than the, the, the danger of nuclear warheads by a lot. Because if one company has spoken for people, managed to develop godlike digital superintelligence, they can take over the world. Mark my words. AI is far more dangerous than nukes. At least when there's an evil dictator, that fewer is going to die. But for an AI, there would be no death. It would live forever. I mean, you have an immortal dictator from which we can never escape. You know, it's quite dangerous technology. And I, I fear I may have done some things to accelerate it. I fear that I may have done some things to accelerate it. It sounds great. It sounds amazing having a car that can drive itself or doing some things that would be unbelievable and we would need technology to be able to do that. And now it's 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 on us. It's on the cusp and things are changing and changing rapidly. We have no idea what is about to happen in this world. Make no mistake the devil has a plan and he is working feverishly on that plan. Go with me now to Revelation chapter 13. Verses 15 through 18. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast. So that it, would, it could speak. And cause all who refuse to worship the image to be killed. He has also forced everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark which is the name of the beast or the number of his name this calls for wisdom this calls for wisdom church we have got to be wise if anyone has insight let him calculate the number of the beast for it is a man's number his number is 666 right now what I want to do is I want to throw you up a picture of a logo that many of you will recognize this logo alright if we could put that up Right behind me. What, what is that? Everybody, what? Chrome, but what company? Google. The Google Chrome logo. Now, let me just, for your consideration, do not nitpick this sermon and nitpick me and say, you say no, I'm not even saying. All I'm saying is possibility, be wise, be aware. Watch out for things that can be made to talk to us, influence us. When it happens, very subtle. The world will accept it. Why? Because it's easy. It makes life easier. This is better for us. This is a good thing. So I want you to look at the, the Google logo. I'm sorry. You did good. Could it be that we're looking at something in a logo that is there in front of our face and we don't even realize it? Is chat GPT this? This is what I'll say about everything that I've shown you this morning. It's too close to not be alarmed. I'm not saying it is. But it's just too close to not put our guard up 
pump the brake pedal and say, I'm, I'm about to be wise. I'm about to be wise here. I want to be careful. I want to be careful what I'm allowing in my heart, in my home, in my eyes, through my gate. I want to be careful about what is talking to me. Everyone's had this happen where you are, you're talking about road trips to Canada. Something, somebody brings something up just so random. It's so random. And you just go to make a phone call or answer your wife's text and you're like, Road trips to Canada. It heard me. It understood the English language. It processed everything that I said. And it put something in front of me. And it said, here you go. You want this? I can give this to you. You, want, you like that? You like that? Here, let me give it to you. Don't you know that the devil is loving the fact that he can be in every bedroom, every car, every pocket, on every person, Listening, knowing, because he needs to hear it. And now he's got ears, and he's listening, and he's watching. And he can speak to us now and give us things that we're talking about. All I'm saying is, you better be authentic. You better be real in your relationship with God, because you're going to need a real God to fight a very real enemy. A very real threat. A clear and present danger. We have to know that. It's clear. It's present. And it is a danger. It's a danger to us. It's a danger to our children. And we have to be on full alert. And be on guard. We cannot say, oh, pastor. Video games. I play games. I watch funny videos. I just, I just, it's fun. It's all fun. It's all fun and games. Until it's not. And it's fun and games. Then fun and games turns into more fun and games. Which turns into more fun and games. And then it's all fun and games. And then you become someone who is having lots of leisure time. I'm very leisurely. I'm a leisure man. I'm a wealthy man. I'm a leisure man. I'm a lazy man. God wants a real relationship with you. The artificial is dangerous. So as we talk about AI and we see Elon Musk who invented this along with others and they are scared of it now. They feel like there's danger in it. We have to learn from what they're saying. We have to say the artificial, the fake is dangerous. So when you come to church and it's like, oh, hallelujah, I worship you, God. I praise the name of Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Leaving church, doing God knows what. Secret lives, secret sin, things that nobody knows about. But we've got that fake. That is so dangerous. The artificial, the fake is dangerous. You've got to be real. What's going to carry you? A real relationship carrying you to a real God for real change for your real problems. Artificial, made or produced by human beings, especially as a copy of something natural. I want a natural Holy Ghost move of the Spirit in my life. I don't want it to be fake. 
I don't want it to be put on. I don't want it to be all full of hype. I just want to let me, the real me, meet the real God. And he wants you. He wants the real you. John 4.23 says this. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. I don't want your fake. I don't want your play. I want true worship. I want the true worship. Can somebody join me for just a quick praise break and say, Lord, I want to worship you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, you have done so much for me. You've saved me. You've delivered me. And Lord, right now I praise you. I worship you. And I magnify the name of Jesus. He's a good God. He's a powerful God. Hey, if you're going to be in church, be in church. Hey, if you're going to worship God, worship God. If you're going to claim to be a Christian, be a Christian. Be authentic. Artificial goes hand in hand with enthusiasm. Don't be guilty of going through the motions. Go with me to 2 Kings. Chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 14 through 19. Now Elisha was suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow. He was warning him. He said, get a, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. And he said, shoot. Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. I want you to listen to what he does right here. Pay attention to this. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. So one thing you need to get a hold of in this message today is enthusiasm and authenticity. Because when God says, do something, you need to do it. Just like David did with all of his heart and all of his might. Because you don't know what God has a plan for and what he's wanting to do in your life. And so when he says, worship me, don't just say, hallelujah. You hear a sermon like what you're hearing today and you're hearing things like, we need to worship God. We need to be authentic. We need to praise God. So next service, I'm going to really go all out. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. You've done a lot. See you next Sunday. Coffee was good. Music was great. Appreciate you. I'm not saying we need to do anything crazy, but I'm telling you, only you, only you know 
If you're being authentic, only you know if you are really touching the heart of God with your heart. And it's your words. It's the words. It's the fruit of your lips. What is coming out of your mouth when everybody's singing? And Lexi and, and Diana, they're, all, they're hitting those high notes. And the keyboards are hitting. And the guitar strings hit. And the drum beat hits just right. Are we just caught up in all of that and saying, jamming. Oh, yeah, jamming. Jamming. Woo! jamming let me give you some worship advice while you jamming say things like thank you Lord for healing me thank you Lord for saving me if you want to find somebody in the crowd and watch their mouth sometimes they're not just singing the lyrics they're, you see their mouth doing some other stuff what their mouth hey, they're speaking things like Father bless my family bless my family be with me Lord touch us Lord, Lord anoint us I hear the song, I hear the music, but sometimes I'm not even tuned into the lyrics. I'm over there just praying and worshiping God. And I'm uh, jamming, jamming. It's important that our praise is authentic. So he had an opportunity for a great blessing. But what happens is his pride and maybe his arrogance gets in the way. Mainly his pride. Because this crazy old man just said to take these arrows and go over there and slap that ground. Okay. You're a nut. Three times. You happy? I did what you said. Hopefully nobody saw that. Hopefully nobody had their cell phone out recording me being super spiritual or holy or whatever. And he said... I read you. You should have went over there and it's just beat the ground. Beat the, it's, I know it's silly. We read the story. I read the story and I think that it is silly. It's, it's, uh, you're, uh, this old dude says, get these arrows, hit the ground, strike the ground. And it's, I think the point that's needing to be made here today is just be careful that you don't put the brakes on God. When the brakes need to be hit, the brakes will be hit. But you need to be on the gas pedal from the very moment, from the, from the word go. You need to say, God, everything to you, all to you. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. Be with me today. It's all about you, God. I'm putting you in the driver's seat. And when God, we, want, we love to say that, Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, uh, something, Carrie? Carrie Underwood, one of my least favorite singers. I don't know why. It's just something about her voice. She's beautiful. She did NFL football, whatever. I just, she's not, that's not me. Anyway, Carrie Underwood. Jesus, take the wheel. Lovely song. But what we like to do is we love to have Jesus taking the wheel while we're in a student driver vehicle. Oh, man. You're in a student driver vehicle and Jesus is taking the wheel and you're over there just jamming on the brake. Lord, uh-uh, no, mm-mm. I'm not taking these arrows and slapping them on the ground. No way am I going to go witness to that person over there in that line. No way will I pray for somebody today. I'm not going to do it. There's a man in our church today that if he would have told me this five years ago, I would have said, <clears throat> you realize you're lying to me, right? Because this, this don't match you. I'm not going to believe this. 
But this man sent me a text the other day and he said, it's, it's not like me, but God has changed me. He has done so much for me and I give him all the praise and the glory and the honor. But this man, who was a quiet man, he's a reserved man, but he started praying out loud. The worker heard it and somebody else heard it and they said, I want to, I'm going to pray for you. You have cancer. Let me pray for you. God can heal you of cancer and he can change your life. Why? Because he changed mine. And who knows what's going to happen from that. If the Lord tarries, there may be grandchildren and great-grandchildren that are saved because somebody's life was changed in a moment. And their eyes were open and they felt the presence of God because somebody said, I'm going to share and spread the good news of the gospel. And I'm not going to be on this brake pedal just riding it all the time. You realize there are people that drive down the road and they ride gas pedal and brake pedal all the way down the road. You, you come up on them, you're like, oh, I better slow down, I better slow down. That car's getting faster and the brake lights are on. That's because you got Mamma in there and she's been taught from way back that you drive with both feet. Gas and brake, just lightly touching the brake, just burning them brake pads up, just burning them up, smoking, smelling good going down the highway. Many of us, that's exactly what we're doing. God is saying, if you would just get your left foot or your right foot off the brake and just jam on the gas. Let me touch the brakes when it's time. And you're going to know. You're going to know. You just stay authentic. You just stay real. You give me everything. We owe Him everything. Can I get an amen on that one for sure? We owe God everything. Serious Christians are serious worshipers. Come alive. Show some passion. Show some excitement. Show some zeal. Show some zeal. Show some passion. You do it for other things. You'll work your tail off. You will show up early. Stay late. Work overtime. Sweat in the heat. And just do the most God-awful jobs for a buck. But what will you do for a blessing? What's going to carry you further? $5 or 5 We can't even compare. We're working for the bucks. And he's like, I have blessings beyond imagination. I can bless your family. If you would just get off of your high horse and thinking you are somebody. You're nobody without me. Let me be what you've always wanted to be. You've got passion in you. You've got spunk in you. You've got fight in you. You've got zeal in you. You've got excitement in you. You walking around and everybody seeing you just, how's it going? Oh, I'm just making it. I'm just making it. I'm just making it. It's inside of you. Just unlock through your praise and your worship. It will unlock. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 6. One verse, verse 20. When David returned home to bless his household. I don't even know how to pronounce her name. How's it? Mishal. It's not Michael. David was, it was not, uh, how do they say, uh, Steve and whoever. What is it? Adam and Steve, no, it was, not, it was not one of these situations. When David returned home to bless his household, Mish Mishal, daughter of Saul, 
the one that was given to David, came out to meet him. It's his wife, everybody. I'm going to just say his wife. Come out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself. Let's read it how she said it. Oh, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. No, how, how has he distinguished himself today? Disrobing in the sight of the slain girls, of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what she did. I like what David, they don't have that next scripture, but I, I love his response to her was, oh yeah? I'm, I'm fixing to get down on it right now. You, you, think, you think that was a, some, some stuff? I, I'm, I'm fixing to really worship. You thought I was praising with all my might? I'm really fixing to praise God with all my might. So David said, it was before the Lord. It was before the Lord. He said, basically what he said right there, he said, I didn't do it for you. So quit worrying about your friends and everybody around you when you're in a church service and you feel like raising your hands and lifting them up and praising God because it ain't for nobody else. What has he done for you lately? What has God done for you? What is he doing right now? Are we willing to thank him and praise him? He said, I didn't do it for you. Who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the pe people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. He said, it was before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this and will be, hum and will be humble in my own sight. That's important right there. In worship, it's important that you can worship and be humble at the same time. You've heard me say it before. If the one you're worshiping takes the focus off of the one you're worshiping, then you need to be more humble in your worship. I can walk in here and zippity-doo-dah, skip and twist and turn, and everybody's focus just went off the one that we're trying to worship. And we all focused on you acting a fool in front of everybody. Because you, you're just bold enough. You're just that bold that you can just, I, I'll just do whatever. Oh, the Holy Spirit just told me to do front flips at the front altar. Did he really? There's a state hospital down the road for the voices you're hearing. And after you get out of there, we can help you with deliverance right over here in this room. Holy Spirit said, I need to crawl across the pews and jump and do crazy things. Listen, the Holy Spirit... Told you, we're to worship. We are to worship the one true God. We've got to be able to have 500 people in here worshiping and every bit of focus and effort is going right there. It shouldn't be that I'm like, what in the world is this crazy? I mean, I'm trying to worship God. I want to worship, but yet, listen. There's nothing wrong with some good biblical teaching. Biblical teaching. Not my opinion. I don't have an opinion. The opinion is right here. This is the opinion. This is the law. This is it. This is it. This is it. Come alive. Come alive. He's wanting to do great and mighty things. Don't put the brakes on just yet.
Stay on that gas pedal. Let me tell you what happens when you, when you want to make fun of and you want, to, you want to make light of what God's doing in somebody, somebody's life. God cursed her and she was barren. That was a curse. Some of you would be like, God cursed me right now. I don't want to have any kids. <laughs> you can curse me all you want to, Lord. I've never ever even wanted to have kids. I don't even have to go to the doctor, spend any money to, to not have kids. Listen, that was a curse back then. It was ch- ch- Having children was a blessing. That was your heritage. It's your heritage. For those of you who have children, it's your heritage. Don't be a praise hater. You don't know where he bought me from. You don't know how he saved me, how he changed me. Don't be a praise hater. That needs to be a shirt, Julio. Don't be a praise hater. Somebody get up. Come on, let's get up and praise God right now. You need to stretch your legs anyway. Stretch your legs. Get up. Come on now. Has he been good to you? Come on, take a praise break. That's a praise break. That's old school church. We call it a praise break. Hallelujah. We're going to take time to worship God. We're going to praise God. We're not going to sit down on him and say, feed me, feed me. Give me some more, God. Give me some more, preacher. It's time for us to give some to him. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. You saved me. You rearranged me. Thank you, Lord, for touching me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me and delivering me. I want to tell you, God, in front of everybody, I thank you. I thank you, God. You can be seated. In Judges chapter 7, Gideon wondered, what in the world did I just get myself into? Gideon and his 300. He started off with thousands. He ends up with 300. Someone needs to hear today how praise conquered the enemy. How praise conquered the enemy. If you haven't read the story, go read it in Judges chapter 7. You need to read this story and you need to know it for yourself. Gideon was worried because he realizes God's saying, you're about to defeat thousands. And he looks around him like, uh, <clears throat> have you, <clears throat> heads up, we're down to 300 dudes. We're down to 300 and I'm a little worried. And God says, go down into the camp. Go down into the camp. And just let your, just kind of crane your neck over and, and just listen. Just dress like them. Maybe hide. Be like, I can seem kind of like a spy. Putting a cloak on. Putting a little hood on. Just kind of hiding and camping out. Just kind of being at the campfire like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah I, I joined last week. I'm part of that, yeah. Uh, you know, G, 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 uh, G, George, G, G, John, yeah, what you said. He just kind of snuck in there and he was a part of that group and he, heard, he overheard them talking about how one of them had a dream. And the dream that he had, as soon as Gideon heard it, he said, God is moving. God is moving. And they are scared out of their mind. And it was so good for him to hear and and know from their own mouth how they were scared and the dream that they had had. And he overheard that dream and then it gave him some, some newfound strength and some fight in him. Because when you know that your enemy is scared of you, you start to kind of bob and weave a little bit more. You're like, 
I was wanting to come into the ring a little hesitant, but now that I know that you're scared of me, I'm going to come at you and, and do the little footwork and maybe come in, just come in there with a roundhouse. When you know, and listen, your enemy sometimes is bigger than you. Don't you know you've seen it? Everybody, we've talked about this phone. You know you've seen the YouTube videos where the kid is this tall at a high school and there's a kid that's this tall. And I saw my, I didn't see him, but I know the story of my son who in sixth grade was attacked by an eighth grader and he got thrown on the ground, slammed on the ground, and the kid said, you want to fight? And he wasn't expecting little old Bryce at the time because he's big now. He bench pressed more than me. And he texted me the other day and said, Dad, I broke my personal record. I did 30 pull-ups in a row. I, I, I got to brag on you sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. Just take it. Just take it. I'm proud of you. What it is is God had so much more for that young fellow on the ground that got threw down. And he's like, I'm weak. I don't know what I can do. I'm just a sixth grader. God's like, if you can hear me right now, you're going to be strong. You're going to be able to go in and save people and pick people up and do your job one day. And you just stick with me. And I'm going to bless you with strength and power and might and wisdom. And that guy said, you want to fight? And he wasn't expecting for that little old sixth grader to jump up and say, yeah, I want to fight. And reached up and hit him right in the mouth. And then I had to go have a meeting at the principal's office and explain everything and, and try to talk them out of giving him licks and, and time out of school. I'm like, listen, he was taking up for himself. Did a kid get a break? But I'm telling you, your, your enemy, your, the thing that you're dealing with, it can seem so much bigger than you and it's bigger than you and you feel like you can't defeat it, but you don't even realize that it's scared of you. The devil is scared of you. He's scared that you will get up doing this and if you knew how scared and if you knew how powerful you were if you knew how powerful words use these words speak these words speak the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus devil I command you to get out of my house in the name of Jesus I command you to get out of my thoughts in the name of Jesus I command you to leave my children alone you can't do it on your own. But when, you're with the, when you've got the name of Jesus on the tip of your tongue and you're speaking that name, it's just like you've got big old Hulk hands and you're just wailing away. I mean, you're just killing him, just killing him, just wearing him out. You want some more? You want, and then it goes from this to, you want some more? Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Praise team, y'all come on up. I'm about done. I'm going to tell you what, Gideon, today we, we did a thing, we called it a praise break. And, and we said, hey, let's have, let's have a praise break right now. And we stopped, we stood up, we began to clap our hands, we raised our hands, and we worshiped God for a second. But I'm going to tell you what, you didn't get to have the first praise break. Gideon, in my opinion, he had the very, the very first ever in this world praise break. Because if you haven't read the story, I'll tell you. He heard, that, he heard that dream and he felt God speak to him saying, go get every man, every warrior, get a clay pot, put a torch inside that pot and get you a horn, a trumpet. I believe the Bible says a horn, but something to blow on to make some noise. I'll just say that. 
And he said, when the time comes, I want you to, you got to imagine the enemy, thousands are in the, in the, in the valley below them. Middle of the night, in the a.m., probably. And all of a sudden, 300 men breaking those clay pots, breaking those clay pots and grabbing that fire inside that pot and pulling it out. And all of the noise of just 300 just getting thrown down into the valley, just <laughs> surrounding them with the noise of what in the world? It threw them into chaos. And the enemy began to fight themselves. They killed each other. They were killing each other. And then they fled. They didn't even have to fight them right there. The devil is, is trying to pull a swift one on us. A slick one. And God's saying, I've got the plan for you. I've got the plan for you. If you will just be authentic in your praise, if you will just put me first, if you will worship me and put me number one, I will give you the plan. I will show you. I will put before you exactly what you are to do. And so they broke out. There was a praise break. And they broke those pots and grabbed that fire. And I'm going to say, you need to grab that Holy Ghost fire. And you need to blow that trumpet of victory. And you need to voice it. And you need to run the devil off. Run the enemy off. Someone needs to let it break today. You need to get a hold of the fire again. Judges 7 and 17. I'm not going to turn to it if you put that up there. Verse 17. Watch me, he told them. Gideon told his men before they broke those pots. He said, watch me. He said, follow my lead. Everybody stand. I'm, I'm closing with this. Praise is contagious. But so is complacency and self-pity. It's all contagious. I want to know today, am I looking at some people that you're going to be on fire for God? There's going to be a praise break. You're going to break that pot. You're going to throw it down there and be scaring the enemy with just the sound of this praise. And then all of a sudden you grab that Holy Ghost fire and you blow that trumpet of victory and let it be contagious. If your family is in turmoil, somebody needs to take the lead. And you need to look at them and say, follow my lead. Men, I'm speaking to you today. You say, follow my lead. Follow my lead. Whoever the person in the home is, you're the leader of the home. If it's a grandmother, you look at those children, you look at the people around you say, follow my lead. What are we doing? This is crazy. What are you talking about? A clay pot and a, and a torch and a trumpet. What are we doing? You know what? Beating some arrows on the ground. That sounds a little crazy to me too. But I'm going to tell you what's not crazy. Is He has commanded us to worship and praise Him. He said if we don't worship Him and praise Him, something else a little crazy is going to happen one day. There's going to be some rocks that will cry out. The rocks will cry out and praise me if you won't praise me. So while I've got breath in my lungs, while I've got breath in my lungs, while I've got a heartbeat, I will not let a rock cry out and beat me in praising. Come on up here. Why don't we come all to the front today? Everybody come on up here. Let's praise God. Let's have a praise break. Let's have a praise break and let's worship God right now. In Jesus' name.
God bless you and keep you. If you need a touch from God and you need prayer for something specific and you want somebody to pray for you as others are being dismissed, take your time. Take your time. It's a praise break. Take your time. And all week long, I would encourage each and every one of you here today, have a praise break in the car. Turn the music up a little louder. Go skipping into work. I don't know. I, I wear my earbuds to work when I drive to work. And I crank it up so loud that I don't hear traffic around me. I do see them, but I don't hear them. So if y'all honking at me, I don't hear you. And I leave them on, and I walk into the station, and I'm just... I know that I've walked past people and I'm just zoned out and I just keep listening to my music all the way to my locker. And I'll tell you what, put forth more effort. Have a praise break in, in the break room. Have a praise break in the vehicle. If you're running a tractor out there in the field, man, have, have a praise break. Be authentic. Let God know, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I lift you up, God, and know that when you do that, He is going to pour blessing after blessing after blessing. You won't have to chase the bucks because the blessings are going to be coming. Amen? Amen. We love you. If you need prayer, come to the front. Let us pray with you. Go out and be victorious in the name of Jesus. You are mighty in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, my Everybody, prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. Be here at 6 o'clock.